Welcome to the Haven Youth Church Podcast. We believe that God is awakening a generation to revival, and we hope that this podcast encourages you to know that you are loved and that God wants to do extraordinary things for and through you. Welcome to the family. I want to preach to us on this thought tonight. Look again. Look again. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We celebrate that you're already here. Holy Spirit, we pray, Father, that you, would, that you would begin to move in and out of these seats into hearts. That you bring revelation, that you bring hope, that you bring faith, God. God, that you bring radical transformation into hearts, into lives. Tonight, teach us to see again. Teach us to look again. Teach us to remember. Tonight, Lord, we love you. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. Amen. I don't know if we have any hunters in the room this morning, tonight, it's the night time. I like to hunt. I know that's not social justice warrior Christianity. I apologize. I don't, Paul. I'm not sorry, actually. But I like to hunt. Sometimes I hunt with guns because I like those two. I'm breaking all the rules right now and appealing to an audience. And so I know I'm singling some of you out and you've been deeply offended. And so I have a, a good collection and I'm working on building it up. And so I, I prefer to hunt with a bow and arrow and I can take you back to a memory of me in the woods sitting in a newsstand that I had just established. My face with some blackout on it, camouflage, reeking of dopey, DeMonte. Ready for that big buck. And the song in my earbud. Sorry, I apologize. That was bad. That was not even. <clears throat> In the woods, when you're hunting, you train your ear to listen. Train your ear to listen for the steps of a, a heavy animal. Sometimes that's difficult because the squirrels, the squirrels are a problem, and they sound very heavy, and your heart starts Starts racing, starts racing, you turn or you look, and, and to your dismay, it's, it's another squirrel or squirrels wrestling over an acorn. And so, but on this particular day, I heard the deer, I knew it was a deer, and I looked, and I looked back, and I said, it's another doe. <clears throat> Do you ever look at something, you look away, and then you start processing later, like after you've seen it? And you've made an assumption about the thing, but then your mind catches up to what you just actually took in. And by the time you, you understand what you just saw, it's too late, right? And so I looked, I see a doe, I look back, I'm like, yeah, it figures another doe. And then it begins to hit me. That wasn't a doe. And I slide over again, and I'm telling you the largest, the largest buck that I've ever seen, I've ever witnessed in the woods myself was right beside me. And his 
his tongue was like down to his knees and he was running like at a, at a steady pace. And he comes right to me and I stand up and I turn and he's already probably 50 yards, 50 yards to the west. As soon as he got parallel, he turns right as if he knew I was there the whole time. And he goes in this kind of, and I'm like, oh, oh, his anguish. It was deep anguish, deep anguish, all because I didn't see properly. Because I'd seen doe after doe after doe after doe. I had trained my mind to see. Another doe. And the very thing that I was hunting, I missed because of past experiences. <clears throat> and I'd ask you tonight, you ever seen failure so often? Again and again and again. You ever seen missteps in your own life on such a recurring basis? Disappointments and letdowns so frequently that you begin to see. More disappointments and more failures and more letdowns in your future? Do you hear me? Learning to see again. Situations coming into your life that you immediately perceive as another setback. It's January 20, what, 3rd? Is that right? It's my first sermon I've preached in the new year. <clears throat> and maybe you're over looking back at 2019, but most of us were thankful that 2019 was over. There's not a lot of people that I encounter like, man, I missed that, that previous year. I missed 2019. I wish I could just do it all again. People are like, thank God it's over. Let's look forward in 2020, right? And it's the same attitude in 2018. At the start of 2018, people are like, I'm so glad 2017 was over. It was such a difficult year for me. It was difficult, right? In 2016, in my whole life, that's what I've heard people. How about you? You're probably one that was like, thank God 2019 was over, right? And so because of the way that we look back, <clears throat> It trains our eyes on how we look forward. And we begin to predict future based on past. We begin to, to anticipate future based on history. <clears throat> Just take it in. Take that baby in. That's a good thing. That's all right. <clears throat> Amen. And it's because of the way that often we begin to look back over our past that we allow hopes and dreams and victories to be dashed. We begin to give up on promises of God. 
because of the way we've perceived past. We begin to give up on people that we believe God that he would that he would somehow save or rescue. We begin to be begin to give up on 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 homes and communities and regions and schools and cities and nations. Why? Because of what we've seen in the past. But I want to tell somebody in this room tonight: you need to look again. You need to learn to train your eye to see again. Because what you see as failure may very well be wrapped up in a secret plan of God to bring forth victory in your life. Look back again and remember 2019. I want you to look back again and remember 2018 and remember the story of your past because it's going to place you properly right here in the present and it's going to establish you at a proper place to launch you into future. Amen. Amen. So teach us, Lord, to see again. Moses begins Deuteronomy with this huge record of everything that God had done for Israel. He talks about his mighty works of grace uh, and begins to pepper them all throughout the book. Why? Because all throughout Deuteronomy, Moses says the key to going forward is looking back. Which is really interesting because we train you. To leave the past behind. It's interesting because we tell you, forget what's gone on before and look ahead. But what if, but what if courage for today can only be discovered in the victory of yesterday? What if the trust that we need for tomorrow can only be realized through the history of the faithfulness of God from yesterday. Look again. Look again at what God is working in the story of God, that he's working through you. God's people, the biggest danger that we face going into 2020 is the danger of forgetting. Forgetting our story. Forgetting who you are. Forgetting whose you are. And so the question then is, is what are you saying? Like, what am I supposed to remember? What is Moses telling the Hebrew people to remember? Is he telling them to, to remember hundreds of years of slavery? Is that what he wants us to do? Is to remember slavery? Is, is he instructing us to, to remember hopelessness and to remember our bonds? And is he instructing us to remember how we lost our children to our slave drivers? Is he instructing us to remember how we were, how we were plundered by those who lorded over us? How they took our children and they molested and they raped and they tore from us what is ours? Is that what you want us to remember? Do you, want you to remember, do you want me to remember those who walked out on me last year? Is that what you're trying to say? You want me to remember all of the, all of the deep failures in my life from, from years past? Is that what you're trying to get me to recall tonight, Pastor Matt? Do you want me to, to begin to recall all of the times where, where I thought I had victory, but, but, but then I stumbled and it looked like mud on my face because, because what I thought I had, I didn't really have? What are you asking me to remember? That's obviously not what Moses was saying. He was saying, remember. 
you had no hope. But God raised up a deliverer out of the water. Moses means to be drawn up out of the water. And that's kind of significant because every place we see water, it's a metaphor in Scripture for chaos. From page one of the Bible, the word says, Holy Spirit hovered over the deep. The chaos. Holy Spirit came near and hovered over chaos. And with one word, light. Light came to darkness. With one word from God the Father, Holy Spirit begins to separate chaos and land. And in the story of the Hebrew people that Moses is encouraging them to remember. Remember, it's from chaos that the deliverer came. Hallelujah. Remember. When we couldn't go left and we couldn't go right. Remember when we couldn't go back and we looked forward and it was nothing but chaos in the Red Sea. But remember, God instructed me to raise my staff, which is a symbol of memory. Raise my rod over the chaos. Raise the memories. And every shepherd's staff was carved memories of every significant moment of their life. And Moses takes the staff and he doesn't remember, raise memories of abandonment, but he raises memories of hope. He raises memories where God speaks and encounters, where God rescues him from the destroyer, where God plucks him out of the chaos and puts him in the temple. He raises the memory. And Holy Spirit causes chaos to divide. And the children walk again on dry ground, on peace and on safety. Moses says, remember in all that you do, don't forget to remember. The key to moving forward is to look back and to remember. Remember that I am a God, according to David the psalmist, who sits on the table of the deep. Oh God, who sits on the chaos of your life. Some of you have come into this space tonight and all you can see is chaos around you. All you can see is troubled waters. And he says, I'm the God that sits on the table of the deep. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It was the chaos that the Holy Spirit broke into. It was the chaos that God delivered the Hebrew children. Remember the chaos because in the middle of the chaos, the deliverer comes walking 
God that sits on the table of the water is the same God that invites you to come walking on the chaos of your life. Jesus, if it's you, Master, bid me to come. And what does he say to Peter? Peter begins to walk on the troubled waters. And so it matters how you look back. It matters how you respond to the voice of God in the middle of your chaos. Because if you're not careful, you'll study the chaos. You'll study the chaos like Peter The Bible says he began to study the waves. And in his analysis, paralysis was breathed in his life. I hate, I hate, I hate cliche. I had to throw that in there because that's the only way that some of y'all even think I'm preaching is if I say something that rhymes, that's pretty, that you can put on, you know, on Twitter. So there you go. All right. Analysis will always breed Paralysis in your walk with God. Do you understand? I hate, again, I, even, some of you are like, oh my gosh, that spoke that out of such a word, out of such a revelation right there. Like Jesus walked around rhyming all the time, you know? <clears throat> some of y'all would have thought he was the, 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 the lamest. You'd been like, I need a different rabbi. And this is where we're at in, 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 in the church culture today. <clears throat> if it's not packaged right, if it doesn't have a flair to it, if the stage isn't just right, then we're not interested. If we can't post it to the gram, if we can't put it on Snapchat, right, and if, if the backdrop's not just right, then it's probably not of God. not the message but and so Holy Spirit would say to you quit analyzing the past through a lens of defeat and see me working through the chaos see that I never left you see that I never abandoned you see that I never I never took my eye off of you even when you thought you were all by yourself baby I was right there with you every tear I've caught in a vial I've counted every hair on your head I've been with you always and my word was was right then and it remains today I'll be with you to the end of the age hallelujah so God's invitation is always to chaotic situations as he commands Moses to raise his staff. I think it's interesting that Moses in chapter 9, he says, He says, you're going to pass over Jordan this day to go and possess nations that are greater and mightier than thyself. Do you know what God is calling you to? It's bigger than you. Do you hear me? 
You don't have what it takes. You don't have what it takes. You don't have an arsenal big enough or bad enough. But God says in the same passage, it's not about you and it's not because of your righteousness, but it's because I am God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're going to take nations that are bigger than you. You're going to take people that are bigger than you, cities that are great, that are fenced in up to heaven, which is hyperbole to say there is no way in. This, the, 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 the walls of these cities are so great and mighty, you're not even going to be able to see the roof, but they're coming down in the name of Jesus. And he says this, look, a great, a people great and tall. Mo, David's not around yet. And Moses is already declaring, thus saith the Lord. Listen to this. A people great and tall, the children of the Anakims. You know who they are? They're giants. Moses says from go, you're called to kill giants. You're called to take down, to take down an enemy that's bigger than you. You know what that tells me? The 10 spies that preached that God never called them grasshoppers. They called themselves grasshoppers. They were right. They were grasshoppers in the eyes of the enemy. The enemy was bigger than them. Sons of giants. And Moses says, those giants, you've been called as a people to take down. That'll catch up with you later when you, when you understand just how early this is. Not even crossed over Jordan yet. What are we saying? He always calls you, calls you into chaotic situations. Situations that are bigger than you. Where you don't have what it takes. But if God be for me. Looking back correctly empowers us to walk in victory. Remembering God's victory leads to bigger victories. This is what David says. David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. David understands who the Israelites are. He understands that, that the victory in Egypt had gone before the Israelites and all the nations. That the people surrounding the Israelites were literally afraid of them because of the God that delivered them. And David says to the king, King Saul, let's not worry. Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. I think it's interesting that David doesn't even respect. Do you know the the do you know the the Philistine's name? You don't know who the Philistine is that David fought. Okay, you was I was a little bit concerned about um, a lot, and so David. Maybe I didn't term the question right. David doesn't even say his name. He doesn't even give him the respect of naming him. He calls him a Philistine. I can't help but think what David was doing, what David was doing while he was shepherding sheep. It's really interesting that his next line, he says, and Saul said to David, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him for you are but a youth, and he's a man of war from his youth. And David's like, 
Your servant used to keep sheep for his father. That's encouraging. Uh, yo, check it out, Saul. Uh, I'm a shepherd. You ever been talking to somebody and you have no idea, like, how what they're saying correlates to the conversation? Right? And Saul's like, what on earth? Who? This boy, where's his papers? He's got papers. He's, he's got a special, uh, he's special needs, and he's got some papers. I need to read his his IEP, his 504. That's no offense to you if you're on an IEP. I'm just saying, like, this dude is not, the things aren't computing properly with He's not thinking rationally. I'm a, I'm a shepherd, and I have sheep. And Saul's convinced he's got papers. <laughs> David says, your servant was keeping sheep, and, and there came a lion. What is he doing right now? He's looking back. He's remembering. Came a lion and there came a bear and it took a lamb from the flock and and I went after him. I didn't run. I didn't turn tail and run and tell daddy. Oh my goodness, there's lions and tigers and bears. He said, I've been positioned here as the shepherd, the protector, and I'm going to go after what's mine. I would to God that we had some students in here who understood that you've been placed as a shepherd of your community and of your school. And when the enemy has come in like a raging lion or a mighty bear, you wouldn't be intimidated that he's carrying others off. And you would run and say, preacher, preacher. But you say, I've been placed as the shepherd of this tribe, of this flock, and I'll go after the enemy and declare, thus saith God. I went after him and I struck him and I delivered it out of his mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and I struck him and I killed him. Some of y'all was judging me, your social warrior Jesus stuff. Okay, I'm a lot more like like David than you are, so he's a hunter too. says, your servant has struck down both lions and bears. And this, look how he paints him, this uncircumcised Philistine. This uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Holy Spirit strategically places you in positions like this more continually than you're even aware of. And in these moments... You're going to remember. There's going to be a film that begins to play in your mind. 
have a pen, I want you to write this down. What you remember is what you'll repeat. What you remember is what you'll repeat. And when the Holy Spirit places you in divine situations, in divine moments to bring breakthrough, you'll either remember in the film that plays in your mind, you'll either remember loss and failure and defeat and lack. I brought this, I bought this off an of offer up for this message. The enemy's going to pull out a film roll. He's going to open it up. He's going to say, wait a minute. Wait a minute before you make that next move. I got something I want to remind you of. He's going to whip it out. He's going to pull out a, a film roll called failures. Failures of the past. He's going to open it up. He's going to invite you to take a look. If you hold on to this. He's going to say, go ahead, go ahead and look at that. Go ahead and look close. Do I need to remind you of when you tried that before? Do I need to remind you? Do I need to remind you of how you thought you had the victory before? Do I need to remind you how you thought that at youth camp you thought you got over that secret sin? Do I need to remind you of when you stepped out before the circumstances of your life and what began to play out? You're going to be humiliated. You're going to be ashamed. And they're going to laugh at you. They're going to talk about you. And it's going to be just like it was. And it's going to play through your mind. And some of you have had that playing throughout your mind the better part of your life. And you, can, you, have, you have trouble moving forward because of the film that keeps playing in your mind. I've tried that before. And I know what loss is like. And I know what pain is like. And I know what hurt is like. And if I'm honest, that's all I can see tonight. But I want to invite you to look at a different film role. The choice is yours. And whatever you remember is what you'll repeat. Hallelujah. That's why Moses said it's important that you remember. Because when you leave this land... There are markers here that are going to sustain you and keep you. And Holy Spirit brings out a different real role for David. And he doesn't look at abandonment by dad. He doesn't look at how his brothers talked about him. He doesn't look at how the king tells him he's too small, he's too ruddy, he's but of a youth. He doesn't look at his own family who put him on the backside of the wilderness, who sent him to the capital only to bear cheese and bread. But instead he looks at a different film role, one that was birthed while a shepherd. And he begins to see it playing. begins to unravel it. Can you hold this? Because I want to go back here. Can you hold that? Yeah. He begins to unravel it. And he begins to see the lion. He begins to see the bear. And he begins to see when daddy didn't love me, there was a supernatural presence of God that encountered me. And when my brothers turned their back on me, and when everybody else said I wasn't a part of the family. 
Oh, I found acceptance through Holy Spirit. When mom and dad split and walked out, when the people that were supposed to protect me and love me caused harm, I see something else. I see a different story playing in my life. Whatever you remember is what you repeat. And I can't help but David, he must have, he must have remembered the Torah, the fifth book of the Torah, Deuteronomy. He must have remembered the words of Moses who said, you're going to take cities that are bigger than you. Oh, and there's going to be giants in the land. And you're going to take giants down. Do you know that the call to defeat giants was for every Israelite, but it was one who heard the call of God? It was but one who saw the film playing of the future and destiny of the Israelites, and while everybody else was hiding in a tent, David said, I seek God in the Valley of Elah. I think I'll go stand with him. Hallelujah. Look again. Look again over the chaotic waters of your life and see Holy Spirit breathing peace. See Him bringing order to chaos. Hallelujah. Teach us to see again, Holy Spirit. Teach us to see again. And tonight, if we could, there's another film roll. You know about your past. There's another film role. And it's yet to be undone. And it's Holy Spirit saying, oh, make no mistake. I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, to give you a hope, to give you a future. You may not know them right now. Where's Courtney at? Courtney has an Instagram. Stop disposable. <laughs> this girl carries around a disposable camera. <clears throat> and then she develops them and puts them on Instagram, like by taking a picture of them, which is kind of backwards. But something about the process of developing film. I know that future may not look really great right now because of chaos. And you may not be able to see promised land right now because, well, there's the Jordan chaos. Pastor said, Deuteronomy 2 and 3, turn northward. Do you know the first obstacle they're going to have to overcome immediately is the Jordan? So moving forward in kingdom is never easy. It's always uphill, friend. It's always uphill. And in order for Hebrew children 
to go forward into promised land, they've got to be willing to step in once again to chaos. The thing about future, what we do not yet know, but what we've only heard, maybe we've only heard whispered to us in a dream. Maybe we've only heard by somebody laying hands on us and prophesying to us, like Timothy. Remember Paul? Remember Timothy, the gift. Remember to stir it up, the gift that you received by the laying on of hands, encouraging Timothy. Read the book of Jude, talking about, I need to tell you again, remember. It's because a lot of times, future looks a lot like a negative. But in order for negative to become positive, you got to take that film to a dark place. <laughs> I don't know how you've been looking over past. And I don't know what film role you've been, you've been taking a look at to determine future. But I know his word is true. I know that the God that we serve is not a man that he should lie. But his promises are yea and amen. And he said he's esteemed his word to you above his very name. And like Moses urged those Hebrew children, don't forget. Don't forget, you were a slave. To the God of Isaac and Jacob and Abraham. Took down the greatest, most powerful man in the history of the world and threw him around like a ragdoll. Why? Because the word says that he might have a people unto himself. He rescues the Hebrew children so that he might bring them unto himself. It's all for love. And he says, if you remember me, you'll love me. And if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. That's part two. When we remember, we overcome sin. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for rescuing. Thank you for saving. Thank you for leading beside the still water. Thank you for your rod and your staff that comforts. Thank you, God, that even when we didn't see, you were there pushing back the hand of darkness even when we didn't know you were there your eyes fixed on us Holy Spirit I pray right now that you begin to minister to hearts that thought that they would forever be lost in chaos may the truth begin to awaken 
in their spirit that you're the God that speaks peace to chaos. That you're the God that sits on the table of the waters. That from page one, you've been bringing the miraculous from the chaotic. Young people in this room, Lord, who you've divinely positioned to be shepherd, to be David's. Lord, help them to tune in to the right film roll. Help us, teach us to see again. Thanks for checking out the Haven Youth Church podcast. If this message encouraged you, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and even consider sharing this podcast. Reach out to us on social media at Haven Youth Church. Break the flow, be the change.